Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I first met John Donahoe about eight years ago. I actually have an email exchange with him that he definitely does not remember, but I definitely do. He came to speak at my school because he was also an alumnus of Dartmouth College, Go Big Green, and afterwards I caught up with him, got his email address, and thanked him. I think I've talked about this on the show before, but honestly, if there's one thing that I could tell you to do more of, it's randomly cold email people. I'm not saying be creepy, and I don't think my email was. He actually responded to it. I just thanked him for coming and said I'd love to keep in touch, and obviously we didn't for about seven or eight years. And then one of my advisors to when to jump the company was talking to me the other month it was, I think, and he said, you know, you really got to get a hold of John Donahoe. He's got a great jump story. And what you're going to find on this podcast that's coming up now, in the conversation with John at his new offices in Santa Clara, California, the global headquarters of ServiceNow, where he's the CEO, is a conversation that goes well beyond business. You know, John on paper is the classic CEO. He's on the board of Nike. He was on the board of Intel. He was the CEO of Bain & Company, the global management consulting firm. He was the CEO of eBay after Meg Whitman for 10 years. And now he's the CEO of a global publicly traded IT services company in cloud computing. But what's interesting is his conversation goes well beyond the resume. The crux of the conversation will go towards what does a jump look like, not just in your job, but in your life. He describes his search, which I found fascinating, around how do you keep and maintain vitality as you get older. Without further ado, here's my conversation with the cold call recipient of my email for seven or eight years ago and the CEO of ServiceNow, John Donahoe. John, thanks so much for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me, Mike. So why don't we get right into it? What does it mean to you to take a jump? Well, you know, I think the concept of, to me, taking a jump is uh, analogous to the concept of repotting. <clears throat> and this is something I first heard about uh, at uh, Stanford Business School. A former dean, Ernie Arbuckle, had a phrase or a notion of repotting that every five to eight to ten years in your career and in your life, the notion of making change allowed you to stay fresh, stay vibrant, stay stay young in some ways, young of heart, young of mind. And so it was something that really struck me at that stage of my life. And he talked about repotting every ten years. And you can repot inside a company, but you also can repot by changing companies. And so um, it's been a notion that I've sort of had in my mind for the last, the last 35 years. And when you think of your own repots, if that's the term, what have been the most salient to you now looking back? What are the most important repots you've made? Well, and I'll, I'll focus first on, on professional. The, 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 the personal life is a little bit different in that there's more continuity in that, you know, Having a, a marriage and a family with four children and now a grandchild, that's more of a, a long arc. But professionally, I had three, I would say, three chapters to my life at Bain, where I was for, for about 20 years. Uh, a chapter where I was a new consultant and eventually a manager, um, kind of a learning, growing, kind of young, late 20s, early 30s chapter. 
Uh, then at a very young age, I became the, um, through a quirk of circumstance, the, the San Francisco office head. And, and I had a, a wonderful seven, eight, nine years of my first real significant leadership role inside of Bain. And then, again, through a quirk of circumstance, I think I was 39, I became a CEO of the firm. And so I had a wonderful five, six-year um, reign at doing that. At that point, I made a very conscious decision to make a jump, to use your phrase, and repot to go to eBay. And, and uh, I had a wonderful 10 and a half years at eBay. Um, and uh, then, as you mentioned, took the, the, the last 18 months off and have dove back into the next stage of my life here at ServiceNow. Now, are you just being humble by saying a quirk of circumstance to become CEO of, of Bain & Company, one of the leading management consulting firms? You know, it's, it's, there's so much. It's so interesting because, you know, when I look back, you can, we can look back in our lives and it all looks so logical and to some extent linear. Right. And yet you really know that looking forward, I couldn't have predicted these things, let alone let alone controlled them. And so so literally Bain was going bankrupt in 1992. And uh, uh, ironically, Mitt Romney stepped in to run the firm. Uh, he then asked uh, Tom Tierney, who was then the, the head of the San Francisco office, to come back and take over for him. So all of a sudden. I, I have a conversation with Tom Tierney where he calls me in and he says, I have two pieces of news. Number one, you've been promoted to partner. Number two, you're now in charge of the office. So it was a complete surprise uh, driven by a fate of circumstance. And, I, you know, and so it was and it turned out to be a wonderful growth and leadership opportunity. But I never could have predicted it. So describe the, the repotting experience of leaving Bain, deciding to go headfirst into eBay. And it wasn't a CEO at first, right? No, it was um, and Meg Whitman had called me and said that she didn't have a successor um, at eBay. And so she said, how about you come in and work for me for a couple of years and I'll mentor you and allow you to learn the, the eBay's business and then you can succeed me. And so that was a big leap. That was going from 20 years of the, you know, the safe, friendly confines of a partnership at Bain & Company into into a, a public company environment right at a period where eBay was beginning to go through some change. And I used to describe it as it was, it reminded me of, of uh, those first, that first year to two years was like uh, playing in the waves. And you know, when you're trying to body surf in the waves, sometimes you catch a wave and it's just magical. It's just like you're planing in the water. Um, and it just feels magical. The power of the wave, the water, the whole, you know, skimming through. As it, and then there are other times when that wave grabs you and slaps you down into the sand. And you get sand up your nose and you get scrapes on your elbows and knees. And, and that, that whole first couple of years at eBay was like playing in the waves. They had high highs and low lows in terms of just change and, and different things coming at me every day. Did you wonder at any point, perhaps in the low parts of the wave, what am I doing? Should I have just stayed at Bain? That's when I reminded myself that repotting was good <laughs> and that growth and that growth comes from change. Growth comes. And it's interesting, Mike, one of the things I think I've learned most in my in my career and in my personal life is that the best learning and the best personal growth and the best sense of pride comes from periods of adversity. It's sort of so interesting in hindsight. Again, this hindsight. You think back in your life when you've appeared in your career where you're most proud of, where you grew the most. 
or a period in your personal life where you feel like you grew the most and you're kind of proud. And, and, and you think, well, in hindsight, were those good times or were those times of adversity? And almost inevitably, there were times of adversity because it's during, it's during adversity where, where, where you build character. It's during a period of adversity where you've got to learn what courage is like. Courage never feels good, by the way, when you're doing it. Otherwise, it wouldn't <laughs> be courage. It's through periods of adversity that we get tested and, and where we grow. And so um, what that eBay experience taught me and what I've tried to keep since then is to not be afraid of periods of adversity. Because you can spend, uh, uh, you know, I spent a good part of my life saying, I want to avoid adversity. But then in hindsight, adversity is where you grew the most, where I want to grow. So you can't be afraid of the, some of the, 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 those challenging moments. And when I'm in the middle of them, to your initial question, I don't like it. But at least I can say to myself, hey, at least I'm learning. At least I'm growing. A friend of mine said I had actually some interesting business uh, intersections coming up that seemed to all bubble at the same time as things happen in life. And he said, you know, there's, there's an option here to go around it and, and kind of skirt the decision. And then there's the option to go through it. And you're not going to really like going through it. Yeah. But that's the thing that you're going to be served best by doing. And I think that's what—that's exactly your point, right? When we look back on the fabric that's been created through experiences, it's typically that nitty-gritty tough stuff, right? Totally. And it's, you know, it, it's, we're wired to sort of try to live our lives by trying to focus on the good and only pursue the good. And yet it's those, those moments of adversity, those tough moments that are the periods that provide the richness and, 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 and depth of life. And when you jumped into eBay, you were a family man. You had a, kids that were growing up. You had a career at Bain beforehand. There was still a lot of learning left to do in your career, as you would later find out in another jump. Can you describe kind of that sense of feeling maybe perhaps, okay, I've tapped out here. Wow, there's a lot to learn somewhere else that I might not have considered before. Yeah, the, the, the thing that I was sensitive to at that stage was not becoming comfortable. Um, Bain was a wonderful environment. I loved my time at Bain. But toward the end, I was feeling a little more comfortable. And, and when comfort becomes the goal, that's usually a watch. That's usually a signal that, hey, you know what? It may be time to make a change. And so uh, certainly I was not comfortable during my first couple of years at eBay because it was everything was new and it was dynamic and it was it was uh, rapidly changing, and you're trying to figure out what are the most important things to pay attention to. How do I ground myself and and take things take things forward? So that that change leads to growth, which leads to again the the sort of fabric and richness of life. And what was interesting around that those early years at eBay, it sounded like you benefited by having an outside lens into a company that many folks, if you had been there forever, might not see opportunities or innovative potential chances to take that you could spot because you actually weren't from the inside homegrown. Yeah, I'd never, I was never part of the successful years of the early <laughs> part. You know, I think, I think um, any, any organization can benefit from a mix of, of history plus the fresh outside-in perspective. And that combination, when you get it right, is pretty powerful. And so um, I was able to, by being fresh, coming outside-in to eBay, uh, maybe provide an objectivity and a focus on building the future, as where some of the people that have been there and through an enormous period of success 
always secretly in your mind when you get to a period of change, you've been through success, you say, I kind of wish history would come back. And the reality is history's never coming back. And so um, we were able to find a nice alchemy of, of uh, people who brought fresh outside in perspective um, with people that had a lot of history and, 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 um, and knowledge. And we're very much similar here at ServiceNow. We're, we're building a blend of, of people that have been here and, and been part of building us to where we are, uh, along with uh, some people who bring that kind of fresh outside in perspective. And when you get it right, it's just a really fun and powerful combination. And speaking of fun, I think you were described as having a cubicle swap idea at, at eBay, where folks would kind of go to different places to work next to different people. There's almost this idea of repotting within the company, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, for most, for most people, particularly in the technology business um, and technology industry, because of the concept of a roadmap, um, you're changing what you're working on eh, relatively frequently, at least annually, if not more frequently. And, and, in, and the concept of agile or scrum teams, you know, uh, that small, small teams, you're evolving who's on your small team, maybe once, twice a year, or at least, at least uh, sometimes more often. And that can be a little disorienting to some, but I think it also is... Um, an exciting opportunity for to, to to work with a different group of people and 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 build that vitality that leads to innovation. You know, innovation and creativity are driven by change, and and so I think I think the um, there's plenty of opportunity to move and and jump, as you would call it, inside your your company, inside your career. So let's go a little bit forward, fast forward in the tapes to uh, taking the helm of eBay. I was confronted with a really stark choice when I became CEO of eBay. My dreams at the time was I was catching a falling knife. And so that was, a, that was far from a comfortable period. Because when you're in the middle of a turnaround, you never really know are you getting to the other shore. You don't really know if I'm going to get there. You hope and you keep fighting each and every day, but you don't know if you're going to get to... Uh, a better place. And we did. We got to a better place. We got through that period. We got a re-accelerated growth fairly significantly. Um, and in, again, it's one of those things in hindsight, I'm really proud of it. In the middle of it, it was hard. And to go on that analogy further, when you're turning the ship and you're in the middle of the, the waves and this you know big body of water, and you don't know if there's going to be land when you're turning, what kept your conviction You know, in, the, in that? And of course, everything's 2020 in hindsight, but in the days of those challenge. It's in those moments you ask, why am I here? And that's where a company's purpose becomes so important. I, I really saw that. I saw that at both at Bain and at eBay, where it's in the moments of adversity you say, why am I here? And in eBay's case, I believe deeply in the purpose. I believed in the purpose that Pyramidia are set out to create economic opportunity for people and to create um, and to do that on a global scale. And I just believe deeply in that. And so that was a source of strength, if you will, or a source of, of, of resilience. And then, and then I believed in our team. I believed, you know, you, you sort of in a, in, a, in a foxhole, you become a team. And there's this commitment to each other that becomes quite important. Because facing adversity as part of a team is a lot easier than facing adversity individually. And the strongest teams are often formed in, and those bonds are formed during periods of, um, during periods of adversity. And so... Uh, the, the sort of the why was the purpose and the people. And then it's just a matter of putting one foot in front of the other. 
one foot in front of the other and it's you know it's two steps forward one step back two steps forward one step back and at times you wonder am i making any progress at all and and at least in 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 this particular situation i think and often in periods of turnaround periods of adversity things don't get better all at once you're you're fighting you're fighting you're fighting and then maybe a little kind of green shoot pops up a little "Mm, okay that's at least encouraging you keep fighting and fighting and fighting and then a couple more green shoots pop up and then at some point one of those green shoots goes into a plant you know and to carry the analogy at some point you got a little tree and it's 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 only in hindsight you say wow look at the garden i built or look at the forest i created or we created, I should say, but you just never know in the middle of it. You got to just you've got to put one foot in front of the other and and stay true to your, true to the purpose, true to the people, and true to the 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 the, the values you've laid out. Life's really easy in hindsight. You look back and you say, "Wow, look at what happened," and you can put a narrative around it. It's much harder, but much richer to be living it, looking forward. So I think that's the perfect segue into a conversation that, uh, or a piece of a conversation that we've had recently that I would love to share with our audience a bit about what happened after eBay and this, this kind of in-between phase that you found yourself or, or made for yourself to look at how you thought about your life. Can you share with us that kind of experience? Sure. I, I, I spent 10 and a half wonderful years at eBay and we did a succession and I decided to practice the advice I'd given to many other people during periods of transition, I said, I'm going to take a year off. And um, I'd never taken more than three weeks off in my 30-year career, but I'm going to take a full year off and do no business meetings during that year. Um, and it was it was wonderful. It was liberating. I, I spent the first probably 60 days just recuperating and sleeping and catching up. Um, then did a 10-day silent Buddhist retreat, which is something I'd never done before. I'd never done a three-day silent Buddhist retreat. Mike, it was, it was wonderful and in some ways transformational um, in really deepening my, my journey to figure out, all right, what was, I wanted to, what was it I wanted to do in the next stage of my life? And, and um, that then started a journey where um, I began being more open to um, the serendipity of life and trusting the serendipity of life would lead me to um, interesting paths and interesting insights and interesting answers. And that's where, is, is I think you and I talked a little bit, um, I started, without really having planned this out, talking to, uh, to uh, people I thought were, were quite wise. I got this sort of insight that that I was thinking to myself, what am I going to care about? I was 55 years old at the time. What am I going to care about 10 years from now? And I began thinking about people that are 65 and older and the fact that there are certain people who are 65 and older that have vitality, right? They're young at heart. They're happy. And I thought, you know, that's the goal. That's what I want. That's where I want to be 10 years from now. That's more important than what I do, whether I succeed doing it, that the real scorecard is to do what it takes to, 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 to invest in myself, my experience, my journey to, to try to come out in that end. And I'd learned in the, the, some of the, 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 the Buddhist principles linked to brain sciences that, that your brain becomes more negative over time. That's just a Darwinian effect where we remember our brain deeply remembers 
negative experiences and has less of that impact. They call that Velcro, bad experience like Velcro, as are good experiences like Teflon. And you have the you have the capacity to counteract that. Brain sciences now shows through meditation and other practices like this, you can counteract that and and make yourself have a more positive and 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 grateful out to outlook. And so that just that was a sort of transformational part of my my journey. And then as we talked, I, I reached out to what ended up being 30, 40 people asking them who who I felt embodied those principles of gratitude and joy and they had the vitality and they had the, 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 they were young at heart. They were happy. And I just started talking to them about their lives a little bit like what we're doing here. And what, what started to filter down to these pearls? What kind of stood out to you as you had these conversations? You know, this started out with just having coffee with a couple of people just saying, tell me how you understand your life at this stage of your life. And, um, each person had their own unique story, but they definitely were some, some, pearls of wisdom that sort of came, came, came through. One was attitude is everything. You know, as we get older, our bodies get older. That's just a fact of life, but our mind doesn't get older. The second, um, uh, uh, pearl of wisdom was, uh, someone said to me, you want to know how I have vitality? I surround myself with people that have vitality. And interestingly, Mike, everyone talked about being around young people in one in one form or another. Almost everyone I talked to found ways to coach, to mentor, to work with young people, to just not just hang out with people your own age. Um, third thing was being really conscious about how you spend your time. That as you as you get older, you don't have to only do one thing. But don't don't retire. So many of these people said, you know, their friends that retired turned old fast. Or their friends that just are doing a passive portfolio of things turned old fast. And so this notion of being really conscious about how you're de de devoting your time and energies, doing it with consciousness. And as one person said to me, John, have accountability and consequence. If you're going to get involved in a nonprofit, really help contribute toward it. If you're going to be on a board, become chair of the board, help drive it. You don't have to just do one thing, but don't just do a random assortment of things. Have some intentionality. The, 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 the fourth insight, and this one was probably the biggest surprise to me. It was from someone who I'd never met before. He was, um, he was uh, 69 years old, Southern gentleman. And I met him and I told him how I was thinking about repotting and this transitional period in my life. And he looks at me and he says, John, this repotting thing you're talking about, what do you call it, personal renewal? He said, I think it's just great. But my advice to you, if you want to have vitality when you're my age, is this. Do not lose sight of your gifts. He said, now, when I was your age, I never would have used the word gifts because I'd assumed it had been egotistical. I use that word with not one shred of ego. God gave me certain gifts, and my job has been to figure out which of those gifts, when I exercise it and exercise it in service to others, animates me inside. And makes me happy. Because at this stage of my life, I almost want to go into a southern accent. At this stage of my life, he said, I've learned that wealth and fame and success doesn't make you happy. Happiness can only come from inside. And being happy is the most important way I can contribute to the world and those around me. So he looks at me and he says, so my advice, John, is this. Do not let anyone else tell you what your gifts are. 
because you are the only one that can go inside of yourself and figure out what are the things that when you pull on them, animate you and make you happy. Now, my advice is to utilize those gifts in service, not out of ego. But you can utilize them in new areas and new ways. But my, my advice to you is do not lose sight of your gifts. And you've got to figure out which of those gifts do, in fact, make you happy. And it was, I mean, you can hear the, 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 his accent comes back. And I, I remember that conversation like it was yesterday because it was a challenge. It was like, oh, my goodness. I gotta, can't you just tell me what your, my gifts are? <laughs> but I've got to think about this. And it, was, it just made so much sense that true happiness has to come from inside. And that, that serving others is a fundamental source of happiness. And how we figure out we serve others through the gifts that, that each of us inherit. Each of our gifts are different. And then the last, uh, the last pearl of wisdom um, came from someone who said to me, um, you know, I am very conscious about who I am as a person. I'm very, my words now, left-brained about who I am, what I believe in, what I stand for as a father, as a husband, as a, as a professional, as a Christian. He said, but I'm, I'm very... I've learned to allow serendipity to have a big impact in how I spend my life. He said, the reason for that is when I look back at my life, it's what we were talking about earlier. When I look back at my life, the major fork points, my left brain, and I think I have a big left brain, he said, never could have predicted those transition points, let alone controlled them. He said, so now when I think about my future, I don't worry about my future because I realize it's a waste of energy because I can't predict it, let alone control it. And so now, while I'm very left brain and conscious about who I am as a person, as I live my life, I try to be very open and conscious to the moment as life unfolds in front of me and accept the serendipity of life will lead to good things, often with paths through adversity and other ways. And I just love that, Mike, because I couldn't be someone that just says, oh, screw it, let's just see what happens. But you've got to let go. You can be, And I, I want to be very conscious about who I am as a person, but... But what I learned from him and what I learned from so many of these people was being open to the adventure and journey of life is, is to some extent the joy of life. And every one of them said, you know, I'm so happy where I am now, but I never would have guessed I'd have been here 10 years ago. Well, I can only say I'm grateful for you sharing that with us. And if, if you're driving while listening to this, I hope you pulled over because that was a lot to take in. I'll probably listen to that every night before I go to bed now. So let's go to the forward. You have those you know, to maybe to the present day, you, you have those conversations, you take this year off. Um, what did you arrive at where you said, I'm going to go join service now? You know, it was a serendipitous journey. I mean, it, it, it's so funny the way it played out because so I, you know, obviously I had to do with some reflection and discernment around what, well, what were quote unquote the gifts that animate me inside and make me happy. And, and what I came to, which sounds so obvious in hindsight, but took a lot of hard work in the, in, at the moment, was saying, you know what, I, I really love leading. I love leading in purpose-driven environments, in people-intensive environments. And um, it's what gives me a sense of purpose, meaning, and joy. It makes me happy. And so I said, I, you know, I, I think I want to lead again. And, um, and I said, well, I'll, and I'll be open to big company, small company, public, private, tech, non-tech. I didn't want to move because my granddaughter and my kids were all local or in, the, in the Bay Area. And, um, and that's when serendipity sort of uh, jumped in. Oh, and I also said I want to be part of a built-to-last organization. I knew myself enough 
that I'm kind of a built-to-last leader. It's not, uh, I'm not a quick sprint and sell or some, you know, it's it, 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 more of a, a more of a longer term orientation. Um, so I'd never heard of ServiceNow at that stage. And, and so uh, someone called me, uh, a search guy called me and initially said, uh, would you talk with ServiceNow? I said, no, I haven't heard of the company. I'm not that interested. And then I thought about it saying, wait a minute, wait, serendipity, I should at least have a conversation. And so, uh, long story short, over a three-month period, I went from never having heard of the company to falling in love with it and, and deciding that, you know what, this feels like the right, this feels like the right opportunity, platform, journey, or for the next stage of my journey. And, um, and so I leapt. I leapt. And, um, and I have enjoyed it so much. It has been everybody, everything I'd hoped for and, and so forth. So much more. I think that that uh, this conversation has touched on so much beyond your career path and your biography, which is uh, already just fascinating in so many different dimensions. I mean, from from deciding to leave Bain to repotting to eBay to ServiceNow, I think it's just a fascinating narrative, and I look forward to seeing where it goes from here, John. Well, Mike, thanks very much, and thanks for the, all the work you've done in this one to jump. I think it's a great topic. I appreciate it. John Donahoe, CEO of ServiceNow, former CEO of eBay, a repotter for life. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Mike. I thought that was just absolutely fascinating. Um, I'm just so struck by that idea of not only repotting and, and changing and and, and moving around in your job and your life, but also his pearls of wisdom, you know, what it, what it means to be uh, and, and maintain vitality as you, as you grow older, but also as you live your life throughout any part of your life. And so I'd be curious to hear what you think about that as you guys uh, take that in on your you know, evening commutes or morning ride to work or wherever you are when you listen to this. Anyway, that will do it for us. For more on ServiceNow, check them out, servicenow.com on the web. John Donahoe, you can look him up on Wikipedia. Fascinating guy, as you know. And for When to Jump, whentojump.com. At When to Jump on social media. You can go to our website to sign up for our newsletter, learn more about our ambassador program, and of course, the big book, When to Jump, If the Job You Have Isn't the Life You Want. My nearly five-year project is coming out in hardcover worldwide. You can look to buy it wherever books are sold, as well as on our website, whentojump.com slash book. Let's listen to a inbound listener's jump from someone in our audience. As you know, you can record your jump story and send it to us. You can record it uh, and send it to whentojumppodcast at mcmillan.com. Let's listen to one of our jumps. Hi, when to jump. My name is Charlotte McGee. I've been an ESL teacher in urban schools for the past seven years, and everyone knows that teaching is difficult. But it took me that long to realize I'm not meant to be in the classroom. My jump is called Whist Away Surprise Travel. Clients choose their international region and budget, and I plan them a curated surprise travel adventure. My jump officially started after I had really been jumping for years planning travel for everyone I knew in my spare time just because I loved it. I'm so grateful to have the support system that I do, but don't let having that or not having that be the reason you don't jump. All right, that will just about do it for us. My name is Mike Lewis. This is the When to Jump podcast, and I'll see you next week.
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.